You're listening to the City Lights Equipping Podcast, where we are helping you identify your next step in exalting Jesus and extending the kingdom of heaven right where you are. If this podcast encourages or challenges you, please leave us feedback on our iTunes channel and share on your social media to help more people discover the very same things that are stirring you in your walk with the Lord. podcast listener my name is christopher allen armfield this is my good friend who's growing his hair out i noticed a little bit a little beard action yeah a little hair kind of asian uh mufasa look asian that I got mufasa going on. slash outdoorsman none other than oliver wong <laughs> i just came up with that so how, how are you my best friend i could do it's doing we're doing really really well um good. was just at chick-fil-a one of the best places ah. in the world that is not open on Sunday, but certainly is open on Wednesdays, well, which is I'll, podcast day. You're right. And I'll tell you one of the things you miss is Brock Meadows asked the staff if he could bring us lunch. So oh, he out. brought us lunch while you were gone and sat there and watched us eat it. If you don't know Brock, or uh, Alec likes to uh, call him Broccoli, he Broccoli. is a good dude and you need to get to know him. Serves in the kids ministry. He, he has good. in the past. He's he a and Anna teacher. are freshly married and doing well. Yeah. That's so good. Just good peeps at City Lights. Yes. Well, hey, uh, podcast listener, you are listening to the City Lights Equipping Podcast. Our goal each week is to help you understand where you're at in your relationship with Christ. And through our time together on this discussion, we hope to identify what your next step with Him might be. And so that's our goal every week, and that is also our goal today. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that Oliver and I like to talk about one little current event, something Mm -hmm. fun just to let you know that we don't just keep our noses in the Bible in our offices and then go to sleep every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also are aware of what's going on in the world. So, Oliver, what's on your mind? What would be a fun uh, thing to discuss a little bit about today? One of my favorite movies from this past year was a movie that Kyra and I went on our last date together with. Is to go see La La Land with ah. Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Emma Stone won an Academy Award, Huge. and the movie almost, or actually did, for about seven to eight minutes. Won if you've seen, if you saw it or saw the YouTube clip, won the movie of the year, the best uh, film of the year. And the guy got up, sweet guy. I don't know his name. The director did Whiplash before he did the speech. Oh, he wow. had it in his hand. He's ready to get it from Warren Beatty of all people. And then all of a sudden, you guys saw some of the clamor um, and the aftermath of this. But they got the wrong Steve Harvey envelope. <laughs> and, uh, and so it was just kind of a disaster. He was real charming and very humble. Just kind of, I, hey, I, I want to I wanna give this to the Moonlight People's name yeah. of the film that won it. I want to give this to them. So I don't know. It's a celebration there. That sounds but I heard, cool. But I heard there was a funny joke about it because I haven't seen La La Land yet. I know I'm like the one person. My, yeah. my wife and daughter, I think, have each seen it three times. But uh, I heard in La La Land, I'm giving something away even though I haven't seen it, but I hear yeah. like it ends kind of differently than ending. you would expect. Crazy ending. And so people were saying... That the Oscars ended different than you'd expect because La La Land was in place, supposed to you know win, and then didn't. So I think that's kind of made some funny memes or some it's just funny our, comments. Are imitating life and back vice versa. How could you make it happen? You know, that's hey, so w- funny. One quick announcement: I just thought I'd mention this is that our equipping uh, environments, oh, which yeah. is our face-to-face opportunities to do equipping um, on Wednesday evenings. Um, we're going to start up a new season of that this spring um, on the Extend Value. Yeah, uh, bringing heaven to earth right where you are, uh, yeah. being, bringing heaven to earth through you, and that's going to start this next Wednesday. Starting on March the eighth, March um, the eighth, yeah, and the successive Wednesdays after Wednesdays after that, it's gonna be a great time from six thirty to eight thirty, and um, we're we're shooting for the Children's Museum just like last time, but we will keep you uh, informed on the website as well as uh, social media. So you just go to the website for more information about that. That's great, great, yeah, we'd love to have you there. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our topic today. We are actually finishing up a three part conversation about disciple making, discipleship, what a disciple is. And so our first week, we looked to define that. What is a disciple of Jesus? We define that, Oliver, if you remember, we define that as somebody who is hearing from God 
and really taking their next step in following Jesus specifically. A disciple is someone who is ultimately following Jesus, and it's, it's marked by hearing from the scriptures, by the Holy Spirit and community, and then taking a the next step with him. We looked at what discipleship is, which is somebody coming in a discipleship relationship and really helping somebody else hear from God and inform them and help them understand what their step with Jesus might look like. So they're really following Jesus together. They're listening together, mm-hmm. applying together. And then we're going to round it off today with really trying to understand markers of a healthy discipleship culture or discipleship relationship, ultimately, right. whether that's one-on-one or maybe your whole city group if you're at City Lights or maybe you're a mom or dad and you don't even go to this church but you're listening, that's maybe discipling your family, your home, mm-hmm. um, those you're an influence with. And and listen, if you're somebody who is the rece- on the receiving end of discipleship, this is a really good podcast for you as well. You can mm-hmm. ask yourself, are these markers of the discipleship relationship that I'm in with somebody? And we hope to equip you with yeah. helpful questions to start uh, and catalyze healthy uh, relationships. Yeah. What I even hear in that and what you're saying and outline that's before us today is, you know, Stephen Covey says to begin with the end in mind and we need to have a vision and a picture yeah, for what this good. will look like. And the picture that you have, I think it's really awesome, Chris, is this just picture of a tree that would bear fruit. I was reading in mm-hmm. um, Revelation. Uh, there's trees all the way throughout the Bible. Super huge biblical idea, even the hmm. tree in the, in the garden and so forth. But hmm. this idea of Psalm 1, the tree, that has its roots that are uh, that are rooted in Scripture, that are yeah. rooted in the law and the meditation day and night, that ultimately bear fruit. And then, as I mentioned earlier in mm. Revelation, those mm. leaves that are coming out of that tree are the, it says, quoted in Scripture in Revelation 20, 21, something like that, it says the leaves are there to heal the nations. Yeah. So just a really powerful idea wow. that anything that's rooted in Christ should grow, and anything that's growing bears fruit that can multiply, that has seeds that multiply. Mm. And we're going to get through that today. It was a bit of an outline, but that fruit is not just to show off or to, to bear its own glory for the tree, but it actually gives nourishment to others that aren't even trees, you know, that's great. that bears fruit for the nation. So I love the picture. We're going to focus on that today in terms yeah. of the end in mind is a healthy, growing trees. We don't want dead trees. We don't want stunted trees. We don't want still trees. We want growing, thriving, you know, bursting trees that are able to reproduce yeah. with fruit. That's good. Yeah, so that's the, those are the three points. Well, the three points are uh, we're going to look at trees that are ultimately are markers, one, grounded in truth, mm-hmm. two, growing in grace or the context of grace, and last but not least, we're going to look at what it looks like to go together in a discipleship culture. So let mm. me just start off by giving a little more flesh to that illustration. And remember, we're going to use this illustration of a tree throughout. Um, oftentimes in culture, Oliver, I know you and I have seen this to be true and we've even observed things. We'll see something... And, you know, maybe it's a a beautiful building or a house, or I know you and I both love sports, so we love seeing an athlete at the top of their game. And we know from being athletes, or if you even see something like a healthy marriage or a well-maintained lawn, Mm -hmm. that it's more than meets the eye. Mm -hmm. There's something going on behind the surface. A house that looks great from the ground up has a really strong foundation. An athlete who is, uh, he or she is performing well, there's been a lot of hours behind the scenes getting ready. And the same thing is with a tree. If you see a a plant or a tree above the ground healthy and producing new foliage and it's it's growing well, it's really because of what you can't see, which Mm -hmm. is the roots. Mm -hmm. It's grounded in something. Its foundation is deep and it produces life. In fact, for a tree, uh, all the nutrients and all the systems that make it go and grow 
all are coming from beneath the ground. Mm. And so one of the first markers that's important for us to talk about in a discipleship culture, discipleship relationship, is, is really asking the question, what is your time together grounded in? Mm-hmm. What is your relationship and what is the culture of your um, discipleship grounded in? Because we really want to lean across the dashboard or across the desk or wherever you listen and just say, hey, is it grounded in truth? Yeah, the scripture comes to mind from Matthew 7 out of Jesus's, the red letters out of Jesus's mouth himself. Speaking of that foundation is the word of God. You guys, I'm sure, remember and call this scripture verse mm-hmm. uh, of the the story of the parable of the wise man and the foolish man. Mm-hmm. Both of them are set out to do the same task, which is to build a house. Uh, but I'll just kind of paraphrase it here. It just says that uh, the wise man determined to build his house on the rock, the mm-hmm. truth of God, the word of God, the logos and the rhema of God. Mm-hmm. But every other building and structure, the foolish man, and we are all foolish at times, build right. our structures upon things that are less than permanent. Mm-hmm. And the story would go on to say that the floods come, the winds blow and beat on the house. And when it's built on sand, otherwise something other than Jesus, if it starts mm. from other than the gospel, mm-hmm. it's faulty, it's it's uh, temporal, and yeah. it's not going to last. Right. And so that's the idea. I'm hearing you talk about grounded and rooted. It's in the scriptures. It is in the logos and rhema from the very mouth of God. That's the only right. thing that brings life. Right. It's the only soil that grows. Yeah, and listen, uh, like it or not, you will learn at some point what you're grounded in. Right. Because wind comes, storms come, life comes at us, and... You know, it's in the easy and good times, we don't really pay attention to foundations much because we're growing, things are happening. But when trauma or trouble comes, it can really be revealing. Mm. I'd love to share a short story. There's a a really special young couple at our church at City Lights, and um, they're just just real close in my mind and Jerusha's life. And uh, I got a text from them uh, about a week ago. And they just shared with me that they miscarried their baby. Mm. Um, yeah. It's always devastating yeah. when we hear this. And, you know, in that moment, I actually found myself a little bit winded more than usual. Um, I think because of probably the closeness that I have with this family. And <clears throat> as I was talking with them and just asking what can I do and, and how can I love them, uh, I was interacting with the husband most of the time. And when I continue to interact, I've noticed that uh, she posted on our text conversation and it was really interesting. She could barely get any words out, but she mm. said, I'm clinging to this. And you know what she put, Oliver? She she put scripture yeah. that she was clinging to having hope in the midst of storms. And it just it just proved this point, that what you're grounded in will sustain you, and it will be what you go to. Whatever you're grounded in is what you'll go to in the midst of a difficult time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, above the surface, so much happens, and we can be so amazed by things or so troubled by things, but really, our foundation, if it's in Christ... And if we're grounded in truth, it will cause us to withstand the storms. But what you're grounded in will be revealed in the situation you're in. Yeah, it's interesting. I was um, counseling with somebody, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, who is not a believer and doesn't have the scriptures to be founded Mm -hmm. upon. And it was interesting, the dynamic, how similar it was, that counseling is sometimes a lot like discipleship. But once you get to that impasse of just common reflections or lessons of life, the gap there, we were talking about divorce in general, and mm. you, you come into that conversation, you, you want to be encouraging and say, hey, listen, like, um, um, time can be hard, uh, and sometimes the outcomes aren't what you expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe that if, if you continue to pursue what your values are and stay strong in what you believe, that you know, good outcomes will, will follow. Mm-hmm. You know, I try not to lie, and I try not to polish things up, but at the end of the day, I kind of have to hold my tongue a bit because I, I can't say some of the truths that I could say to a believer mm-hmm. that's walking through a same similar situation if a spouse cheats on them or leaves them or whatever. You can say things like, listen, 
Um, you know, even in, in, in marriage, that's a temporal thing. And in heaven, it goes on to say, Jesus at one point says, marriage doesn't even expand into heaven. You can say things like, God will always protect and provide for you. Um, you can say things like, as you draw near to him, he can console you with his presence, even mm. apart from just ideas of success, or maybe one day I'll meet another spouse. And so you can actually put that foundation back on something that will last and you're confident in rather than when you're talking outside of the context of scripture, you just can't afford to offer those truths because they're not a common ground. So what I hear you saying, you're really bringing it to another level is that, um, a culture or a relationship rooted in scripture is going to another depth, yeah, another level that's right. um, of understanding and yep. helps in that moment. So we would say that healthy discipleship culture or healthy discipleship relationships agree to be grounded in truth. That's right. We're agreeing to be grounded in truth. Um, and listen, so let's say you're discipling someone. Um, here's a question you can ask them in case you're a little nervous about bringing scripture into that time because you, know, you just haven't. Mm-hmm. Just maybe simply ask the question. Hey, um, how can we bring scripture and make uh, into our time of discipling together? Mm-hmm. And listen, maybe you're being discipled by somebody, and you're you're kind of you're kind of upset. You know, they haven't even brought the Bible into anything. We don't open the Bible. Hey, listen, that, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you just say a simple question like, Hey, how can we bring scriptural truth, and and how can it become a greater part of our relationship? Because I'd I'd love us to do that. Mm. And, and I would just really encourage you, and I know Oliver would as well, disciplers out there. Your culture and your discipleship relationship will only go as deep as you're going in the scriptures. And so you can go through deep life things, but scripture can be beneath that and be a great foundation for you. So we really encourage you, just make time to be grounded in that truth. I know for me in my journey in discipleship relationships, we can have a great talk. And we usually will end with the scriptures if Mm. we're doing a lot of life talk. And when we do that end, it's like getting a fresh drink of water after being in the desert. So um, one first marker is that discipleship culture that's healthy is one that's grounded in truth. Yeah, the second mark we have is um, growing in grace or growing in the context of grace. Not that we ever have more grace than we need because Jesus always gives us a full measure of grace, but we mean by growing in the context of grace. A tree, um, as we've talked about before Mm -hmm. in, in John 15, or the idea of abiding, is that a tree has to be pruned, mm-hmm. um, is that growth is always a good thing, but sometimes what was growing in one season in one direction uh, can get overgrown. Mm-hmm. And actually, what was good in one season is, is no longer needed in the next season. And yeah. sometimes it's the hand of the Lord and also the help of other brothers and sisters to support and stir us mm-hmm. to prune some of those things off. I heard a preacher say recently, it was a really cool analogy, that sometimes an evergreen tree could actually grow so wide and so lateral that it actually blocks the shade to the source of hmm. the roots and actually kills itself by growing too much, which hmm. is oxymoron. It feels funny to us, right. but in the scripture, there's a really powerful analogy there in, in John 15 about the idea of pruning that sometimes growth can kill us. Growing too much or having too, having too much uh, expansion in one given season can be too much, can, could uh, hinder us rather than mm. help us. And that the hand of the Lord and the hand of others can help to prune us in a way to allow better growth, growth to happen in mm. the long term and in further on seasons. Well, you know, that it's that's such an interesting reality and truth you just shared that growth can actually hurt us. I, I think we know that. I'm sure we've experienced that sometimes. I mean, too much growth in an area could produce pride and blindness, you know? That's kind of like what you're talking about with the shade mm. of a branch, that yeah. sometimes we're in something so deep and, and so focused on growth, 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 that we we just develop um, blind spots. I know that when I was being mentored when I was young, people said, with your greatest strength, there will be weakness mm. because of that strength being so strong. And mm. so it kind of plays to that reality. And so what we mean by growing in grace, what we're saying is you have a context or a relationship value or marker that 
uh, about teachability, meaning mm-hmm. like I can't see what I can't see. And so if my goal as a young branch, just go with the illustration room, was to grow, 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 and I'm outgrowing everybody, um, it, we might not think we need any help. We mm-hmm. might not think we need any teaching. We mm-hmm. might not think we need any pruning. Mm-hmm. But a community of grace or a culture of growing in grace means that we're speaking into one another's lives. We're realizing uh, like Philippians 1, 6 said, that, mm-hmm. that God is the builder. He's the one that started the work, and he's going to bring it to completion to the day of Jesus Christ. So as that that's a it's a work in progress, I guess is the words I'm looking for. A work mm-hmm. in progress. And when things are progressing, they're also reforming or being pruned. It's, it's an essential part of being grounded in truth and growing in grace. Is a I don't know, the word for me, Oliver, that keeps coming to my mind is just being teachable, mm-hmm. that we're letting someone speak into our lives. We're not so clinging to the growth that we're not willing for it to be touched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll say for me, it's, uh, my story has been coming into church community and in staff has really been helpful to look through the lens of the fivefold. I don't know if we'll be able to briefly touch on this, the idea that in the church, uh, Ephesians 5 just talks about um, there are some to be pastors, teachers, evangelists, um, prophets and apostles. And it's just interesting in the personality sets of those things, as we work in teams, as we work in communities or one-on-one in relationships and discipling culture, how a lot of times we like the way that we see things, mm-hmm. the, the, the glasses that we put on in a room mm-hmm. and we think, you know, right. I'm a pastor, I'm a teacher. So I'm thinking, listen, we got to know the word. The most important thing is the word. We're going to study mm-hmm. the word. And the most important thing that you can give somebody, if they just knew the word, they would grow. Right. Or if they just, you know, if we would just love each other in the church and just fellowship more and hang out more and just do community and we don't need to push ahead and do all these missional agendas so much. Mm-hmm. Let's just be together and be slow together. Mm-hmm. That's what I see typically is what I'm going to see in the room that we need. It's just interesting though, that like when you get into the body of Christ, there's so many different dynamics and Paul will encourage us in Romans and Corinthians. Listen, we're part of a body. We have different yeah. parts and to fit together, we're going to need to be pruned. It's almost like a puzzle piece getting trimmed off on the side so we can fit together well. Mm-hmm. So I see the, the the process of pruning, like you said, to be teachable and humble enough to realize that the way you see a dynamic, a decision on travel plans, let's say, or, or um, a budget or calendar or whatever else that you're deciding in family um, is not the only perspective. And sometimes pruning is the is the process of allowing other people to see a blind spot that you don't see. Mm-hmm. There's apostles in my life and prophets in my ni- life that can see and hear the word of God better than me. So it can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. It can be mm-hmm. hard. But in the context of honor, it's needed. It's necessary. Yeah. It, it's, it's when Paul says, hey, when one part of the body says the other part, the nose says the eye, I don't need you. That's when things get weird, you know? But if, we, if we're if we pruning together and in the healthy context of allowing each other to trim one another, the, the goal is the body of Christ being built up right. and being made complete unto the statue of Christ. And, 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 and again, like I said, sometimes it's hard on that initial feedback loop, but I will say that the end game, we're going further together than we were ever apart. Yeah. And we're going to learn how to understand our limits and our strengths at the same time. Yeah, I... I mean, it's it's a tough thing, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. it can be. Uh, by that, I mean pruning or somebody yeah. looking and saying, "Hey, this isn't healthy in your life." Yeah. Um, something I'm learning, and this is this is very fresh for me. Uh, <clears throat> who is speaking into your life, podcast listener? I mean, who who have you given permission to speak into your life? And I hope I hope it's already found in your discipleship relationship. If it's not, or you're not open to it, ask yourself why. Why are you not opening up all the way? Why are you not letting that person in? Um, mm. Is it that you don't respect their biblical understanding? Mm. Is it that you don't respect their lifestyle choices? Is it that you don't respect their age? Uh, there's got to be some reasons. What I would say is that's okay if, if you have some validity to some of those. Yeah. But what I would say is if no one's speaking into your life, um, you're definitely walking around blind. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying that kindly but authoritatively right now. So, But let me let me give you off the hook a little bit. Um 
you know, I, I'll hear anybody talk about uh, deposits and withdrawals, right. you know, so have I made enough loving, affirming, proving that I'm for you deposits mm. so that I could potentially say, hey, here's a deficit uh, in your life, a withdrawal. Right. And so, I mean, I use, I tend to use the word equity in that. Have I built up enough equity with you that I could say something? And so it's not like 10 compliments, one critique. I don't, I don't want us to be thinking on those kind of scales, but what I do want to say is in this culture, if it's not existing already, yeah. be careful launching into that. Yeah. Uh, I'd say a few things. One, ask permission. Yep. Can I speak into your life? Would you be open to that? If so, are there any areas that are off limits? Mm-hmm. Ask for permission. Don't assume. And then, um, you know, have you agreed? So if you're, if you're forming a discipleship relationship, do this early. Remember, grounded in truth. And the second thing is we're here to grow. So mm-hmm. we're agreeing to grow together. Mm-hmm. Um, and really that question is just simple. How can, how can you make pruning part of a normal process of your discipleship relationship? Yep. And my advice to you relationally, you've got to build bridges before mm-hmm. you start driving heavy loads across those bridges. So lay down a lot of planks and build equity before you can start making withdrawals. Yeah. The last thing that we want to talk about as a marker for discipling <laughs> culture is we can measure discipleship based on what happens when uh, the relationship uh, grows into maturity. Mm-hmm. And is the question is, is it reproduced? In other words, is the person yeah. that you're spending time with after the period of time that you're spending looking more like Christ? Or let's say they were called to go and move across the country and don't have right. you as your as kind of that primary mode of relationship and trust and support. Are they still thriving? If they're leaving the, if the fruit is leaving the tree and not actually reproducing into the soil and making more disciples, then in some part I feel like mm-hmm. we've missed the mark or, or failed. And I, I think one of the markers of this, you know, you do a great job. For example, podcast listeners, Chris was sick yesterday. He kind of had this weird vertigo thing after coming back from California and um, was not able to make it. And it was, you know, you would see where we do on Tuesdays, we have a lot of meetings. We got worship going on in the morning. We have staff meeting. We have service planning and all sorts of things going on Tuesday. And in every diff- different part and every different mode, the culture that Chris has brought into this, uh, into the City Lights DNA and the staff DNA was still there. It was still thriving. We were still mm-hmm. talking about the same things. We are still using the same vocabulary. The same DNA was, st- was still there. That, to me, is, is a good marker, a healthy marker of, wow, something good has been done here. Some yeah. discipleship has been done That's at great. a personal level, not just because we're on a job description, but because there's DNA transfer of when Chris isn't there, it still goes. That's good. Yeah, um, yeah just to... To keep, you know, I, I appreciate that. I'm glad to hear that. I, I was actually thinking you were going to say we really missed you. It's fine. You guys didn't miss me. Oh, we, no, it's good. <laughs> that's good. That's actually, that's the goal. That way I can have vertigo more often and not have to uh, try to make it to the office without falling over. <laughs> no, but if you think about it in the tree context, a healthy tree actually produces fruit and is reproducible. When I was right. in Costa Rica for uh, about a month um, years ago, I, we would cut branches off or pick up branches on the ground that looked dead and the soil was so rich there, we could just put the, the branch, literally put the branch in the ground, and it would bud within a few days. I mean, it was mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. Yeah. But the, the, the point of that is, is that um, healthy things that are, are growing can be, you can, uh, you know, take something off of it and plant it somewhere else. And it can transfer DNA. And, you know, so we're, we're grounded in truth. We're growing in grace, and we're going together. I mean, Jesus yeah. talked about go, therefore, and make disciples he sent the disciples out two by two. They were going someplace together, and so I mean, we're we're meant to go together. I think in a practical sense, you know, I don't I don't want you to think about going to Costa Rica or going to Asia as oh, that's what it looks like to launch in this discipleship relationship. It might look like hey, I'm gonna ride to Lowe's and pick up right. some stuff. Do you want to go with me? And oh, so you can be buddy buddy. Well, I know for me, I've been real intentional about that. Like 
I'd like you to see how I drive in traffic, um, where I park and why, because uh, like, I try to think of others when I'm parking, so I give up good or better spots and try to help somebody with their cart if it's a, a single mom or a mom at all or just a woman or a man. Just help them with their cart, um, get back in. Uh, maybe I know my wife. Um, some people said, hey, can I spend time with you? And she said, well, I'm, I'm busy, but, I mean, if you're interested in just sitting here, I fold laundry, and they said, I'd love to do that. And just the normal day-to-day things of life that we would go together. So we mean it in the month, the, you know, monotonous things in life, but of course, grand things too. What does it look like to go together? That life is, we're able to do the show and tell like we talked about, but it's producing and reproducing life. So we're learning what it looks like to walk out our faith Mm. in every facet of life, not just at Bible study and church and on quote mission, every step is a missional step in that regard. I've heard you say before, what's it like, what would it be like if you had a mission trip on your life, if your life was a mission trip, yeah. like as though stepping through the front door and getting into awesome. the car was like a passport um, uh, or a visa. I mean, we just got back from that trip to uh, Bethel Church in Redding, California, and everywhere we went, I think there was a power and a strength in numbers, a sense of synergy um, in different restaurants or different uh, vehicles that we rented and moving in and out, mm-hmm. a transition. I remember one particular sweet lady named Norma, who is our waitress, if she's listening, which I'm, she's probably not, <laughs> uh, um, out in San Francisco, um, waited on us on your birthday breakfast, actually. It was Bert's right. birthday last Tuesday at IHOP. And I remember Andre opened up with um, a prophetic word. Um, that means just kind of hearing from God and, and sharing God's love in the now moment with uh, the waitress. And he just kind of said, hey, I think, is there some sadness or maybe some things that you're walking through right now? I'm not sure if she quite got it the first time. And then Chris, I think, I love the power of two by two is what mm-hmm. I'm getting yeah, to here. Yeah, okay. um, Chris kind of um, helped to interpret that a little bit and gave a little more, I guess, color to what he heard Andre say. And from that, out of just even that fellowship there and and brotherhood of ministering together and being friends in front of her, something happens in the spiritual and she just began to cry and start talking about um, the passing of her mom in which, you know, the story of some of of my father-in-law passing away came up in that conversation and ministry happened. And I just wonder if that happens in the one-on-one. I know that for me, I'm Mm. more challenged and more accountable to, to... care for people in front of me when I'm with brothers that sharpen me, Not the number one. And number two, I know that I'm more effective because oh, yeah. probably you're going to have a pastor and evangelist or you're going to have yeah. a, a teacher and an apostle and you're going to have gifts that are right. uh, adding to one another there at that table. So I just think going together is so powerful, both for the internal discipleship, but also for mission and, yeah. and, and seeing the kingdom advance. Well, it was the beauty of um, not just one light shining, but you're like you're saying Andre's light shined and then I was able to shine from a different seat and mm-hmm. then I was able to put a light on your story, which invited you to turn on your light too mm, yeah and so arguably we had at least three lights shining love to the point where she started tearing up and crying so going together guys i mean that's that's what we're saying a healthy discipleship culture is a culture that degree that agrees hey let's go together let's figure this out together let's do life together mm. and so maybe maybe you haven't invited somebody to do life with you and to disciple them maybe i could just simply ask you you might be like well i don't know who i want to disciple well who's on your short list who would be on your short list today if you had to run errands that you'd say, well, I could call her, but I don't know if she'll want to go with me. And well, I wouldn't mind hanging out with him, but I don't know if he'll, well, you know what? Let them, let them answer. You know, don't assume that mm-hmm. they would want to or not want to. Uh, let me share a quick inspiring story. There was one of the speakers at a conference we were out at in California. Uh, his name was Tudor Bismarck. Mm-hmm. And he actually became a Christian at about seven years old when uh, some 
white people from the United States of America came over and shared the gospel. And he said, mm. looking back, it was just a really messy, uh, just not very effective gospel display, but mm. it was perfect enough for him to come to salvation. Mm. And what the guy who led him to Christ doesn't realize, probably, is that literally tens of thousands of people all over the world, including Oliver and I's, mm-hmm. were greatly affected yeah. by this man's ministry. And so the reason I share that is you never know the fruit that is coming out of your life when it falls on someone else's soil, what it could produce and what might be reproduced. So going together and just trusting God with the outcomes Mm. is such a good word for us. But don't go alone. Go together as often as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. The next question we had there as far as the takeaway goes for reflection, what what have been some noticeable fruits of discipleship um, in your relationships? You know, we don't want to get goal-oriented. Sometimes goals can... Uh, harbor or hurt relationships if we're too goal-focused, but every now and again, we do want to calibrate and just ask that question. Mm-hmm. Are we growing to look more like Christ together? Are we uh, growing in grace together? And are we grounded in the in the scriptures, in the truth? Um, nothing's perfect. Nobody, we're, we're not perfect examples. We're living examples. But every now and again, asking that question uh, with the Holy Spirit can be really helpful because I think even small calibrations, adding a little scripture here, you know, directing the, the conversation um, intentionally a couple of times in the meeting of going to Lowe's, those little small things can make a massive impact and grow into a really, really um, mature fruit in a tree uh, in the future. So just yeah. those questions I think are really helpful. That's good. Well, podcast listener, uh, before we go, let me just give you a quick review. So if you're if you are discipling somebody, I think you can do all three of these every time you meet. You can come together and ground your time in truth. What that means is just, you know, maybe you just say, hey, when we're going to get together every week, we're going to have the book of Colossians on the side. We're going to connect about life and, and understand where our relationships are at. But every time, we're going to finish by reading a portion of that and just ask God to use it. Mm. That's one thing you can do. The second thing is you're reminding each other that we're growing in grace. And so you can you can ground yourself in truth each time you're together. Mm-hmm. Read a little bit of scripture. You can grow in grace, which means, hey, our lives are open books. And you can ask that through questions. Have I deposited enough in your life? And have I have I been investing you enough that you'd be open to me teach, speaking into your life? And maybe say that before you have anything else to say. Mm. And they say, yeah, do you have something? You'd be like, no, I just wanted to see how we're doing. Just check on the relationship. And then, you know, if you're coming, if you're doing that together, and maybe you did that at Starbucks, you're already going somewhere together. You're already doing that third value. Mm-hmm. So ground in truth, grow in <laughs> grace, and go together. Listen, here's my challenge, though. I mean this. If you're not discipling somebody yet, it's not too early. Let's go ahead and just pray. I just want to pray right now. Mm-hmm. God, thank you for giving them eyes and ears for somebody in their life that you'll put them in contact with over the next, let's say, 24 to 48 hours mm-hmm. that um, that they can just look at and just say, hey, do you want to start getting together with me on a weekly basis? Mm-hmm. We'll just look at some scripture, talk about life, and we'll just try to help each other grow, and, um, and we'll do it together instead of being alone. Mm-hmm. God, thank you for that opportunity you're going to provide. In the name of Jesus, amen. So amen. that's for you who hasn't launched into a, a discipleship relationship. Maybe you are discipling someone, you're a little bit frustrated, maybe a little underwhelmed. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to ask these three marker questions. Mm-hmm. How can we grow to this for this happen? Maybe you're being discipled by somebody. Um, do this very gently, but just say, I listened to this podcast and I would love for us to consider some of these markers for our time together. I think it would really help. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, our goal is to help you see where you're at and help you take your next step in growing with Christ. So hopefully our time together helped you with that very thing. Yeah. Don't forget equipping environments start this week, March 8th. Sign up online, citylights.cc. It's been a blessing to be with you this afternoon. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Yes, yes, yes. Adios.